Yo, we've been doing this for 200 episodes, almost 10 years. Do you remember that the the very first version of the Besties was just a, a four-way battle royale in which we attempted to murder each other each week? It wasn't so much that. It was we had to pick a winner out of four people, which is a problem because it's A, an even number, and B, frequently no one would budge. So we just sort of hit this impasse. That was a better version of the show, though. You I think feel so? Like, like the yeah. heat that that generated, the nasty heat, <laughs> uh, was was really something. I um, think it was a better version of the show. It was not good for our friendships because I mean I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but you know the the kind of the tension rolled outside of the episode. Like Frostick sent me a box of asbestos. Right. Because I said that SSX was better than, you know, like, sound shapes. Yeah. And that's a, a hill that we had to die on. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about the box office charts for February 24th, 2012. <laughs> okay. The week of our first episode. Oh. Okay. I'm talking about number one, top spot, Act of Valor, followed immediately by Tyler Perry's Good Deeds, and then Journey to the Mysterious Island. So I don't know any of these flicks. Yeah, I haven't seen movies. Movie. Was <laughs> Movies was wild. Safe House, The Vow, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, This Means War, Wanderlust, Gone. Okay, 10 spot, Secret World of Arietti. That's fine. 2012, what was up, guys? Were we all yeah. like, the world's ending? We don't really need to make movies. And then yeah, it if was you don't like, remember that, we thought this is good. In 2012, we thought the world because <laughs> of apocalyptic prophecy. We didn't. I don't want to rewrite the history book. Some people did. Did 2012 uh, the movie not come out that year? Um, no, I don't believe I like so. No, well, no, no, no. Yeah, it had to have come out in 2011, right? Because how would you make a movie 2012 knowing you're going to lose money on it? <laughs> right, because of the the waves. Apoc- the old apocalypse. Yeah. Those big waves hitting the monks. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's like a well oiled machine. <laughs> My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best game of all time. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I I don't. That's wild. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I want to give a special thanks right up top to the person who makes the besties spreadsheet that documents every game we played for 200 episodes. One love, seriously, in your honor. Plant won't say your name because he's afraid of you, but we all <laughs> appreciate you. Uh, my name is Ross Froshick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment, and this week is a celebration of us! Of roughly, depending on how you calculate it, 200 episodes of this podcast we call The Besties. We call it close um, so, enough is what we call it. What? It's a close Cl- enough situation. Close there's enough. A, there's a weird mathematical sort of silliness that happens when you cancel and uncancel a podcast <laughs> five times. Uh, it starts to get a little difficult to 
count the number of the episodes when sometimes you did one in a year mm-hmm. and sometimes you did 52 in yeah. a year. It's sort of like that <laughs> photograph in Back to the Future where they keep disappearing and reappearing. There's really yes. no telling whether we exist or not. But uh, we are going to talk about some of our favorites from the past and look at some of the more the, the recent past and uh, talk about some of our favorites. Then. But favorites from, from all, of, all of Bestie's time. Which is BT, which is what we call this era right. that we have been living in since 2012. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Um, let's talk about first about like how we got started with this pod. Great idea for a podcast. So before Polygon was even born, it was just this glimmer in my eye that I explained to Chris Grant at length what it could be like. I let him see the future, the promise of tomorrow video games. And then we hired on uh, Russ and Plant and Griffin um, I don't remember that. This being. is pretty much how I remember it. And then I was like, boys, bring it in. And they were like, yes, sir. And I was like, got it. I got the next big idea. And they were like, their eyes got all dewy. And as they looked up to me from their seats around my rocking chair, and they're like, what's the future? And I was like, one word, bestie. <laughs> and everybody's like, start weeping and stuff. And then that's how we got I'm started. pretty sure Chris Grant came up with a name for besties, though. We should probably give him that credit. <laughs> no, the entire game was my idea. A game of the year show that goes all year long. And of course we've kept to that. Uh without ever wavering from that original vision. We got it in there one. There definitely wasn't a robot and, at one point. Yeah. Oh my god, almighty. We did have what a robot a at one point. Oh, yeah. Like that sounds like a joke. Like the Fantastic Four did that. You know what I mean? The Brady Bunch did it. And we did it. We had a we had a fucking robot for a little while on this show. Didn't we also used to call Chris Grant for tiebreakers? Just he like was if, the robot. Yeah. He, he was played the, the robot. Chris robot. Grant okay, got it. I re- yes. Yeah. Jesus, God. What a great podcast, and we're so glad that you've been with us here for... Let me yeah. look at my notes here. Let me take a big drink of coffee. Nearly 10 years. And I, that's me spitting the coffee sound. That's the sound of the coffee coming out. We are going to start, though, before we get into the heart of our look back at those 200 episodes and some hidden picks from there... We are going to start with modern hidden gems. Yes, something a little more recent. Uh, what's what do you guys what what have you been ke- keeping under your hat, uh, Russ? You have an acronym here, which is always thrilling. No, I think that's just the name of it. 
That really? Yeah, that is actually. I'm pretty sure just the name of it. If there, if it is an acronym, I have not learned what the letters stand for. But the game that I wanted to bring as a hidden gem, and and again, these are all games that are more or less recent, but aren't um, big budget, you know, splashy. The Resident Evils of the world. These are a little maybe smaller games, but still terrific. And the game that I'm bringing is called Toem. I think is the way it's pronounced, like poem, but with a T. Oh, I that makes sense. Does it? <gasps> I, I mean, you... it, 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 that was a good way of explaining it. I just thought it was like poem, like it was like a bell being hit. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. If you're picturing it, it's like poem with a T. And the game is a it's a photograph game insofar as you are a little critter, a little person that runs around these maps with a camera. And that's basically your only interaction with these worlds is taking photos. The uh, art style is 2D, but it's isometric 2D. So all the characters are like 2D, like hand drawn, but it, it all takes place in like a 3D isometric world kind of hard to Mm -hmm. explain but basically you walk through these worlds and you'll meet like critters like you'll meet like a guy who looks like a fish or uh kind of girl scouts that give you different tasks and they'll say hey i need you to find a axe on a log or hey i'm i lost my sock can you go find my sock and in these small cutesy worlds you're basically finding them and then taking photos of these things and uh, bringing them back to the people. That is like the main core interaction, which seems very simple, but it's also like mm-hmm. super soothing and welcoming and like the vibe of the game, the music is terrific, has like really great lo-fi chill music. And I feel like a lot of the games I've been playing these days have been like very intense, action-y Yeah, I was games. gonna say, when do, you, yeah. when do you, who do you shoot? Like, when do you shoot stuff? Well, you yeah. shoot yeah. photographs. Well, you shoot, well, I guess you have a, you shoot photographs. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But that doesn't make the, like, the the blood and coins come out. Not yet. That might need. be an upgrade. <laughs> you actually do find a lot of upgrades for your camera as you play. I found a tripod, so you can, like, set up your camera and then walk into frame to take photos. Yeah. I also found a horn, that attaches to my camera so I can like startle uh-huh. people to take photos while they're startled. And we get like little puzzles. kids' attention. Yes. Um, it's, it's really terrific. I've been playing it on Switch. It's on basically everything console wise. But if you're looking for something like cutesy on the go on Switch, um, Toem is just adorable. Highly, highly recommended. I've really been showing myself. I wanted to talk about Eastward, and I feel like this is going to be sort of our last chance to do it. Uh, Russ, you you put some time into this, right? I did. Uh, not as much as I would have wanted to, because I have been a little bit inundated. But I played um, right. basically the first, I played the prologue and then the first chapter, more or less. That's about okay. how much I played, right. too, yeah. Okay. And Juice, you haven't picked it up? No, yeah. okay. I don't, I'm not familiar, no. It, it is, it's, it's such a wild thing right it is it's an indie game made by almost entirely by uh three people a small indie dev team from shanghai uh called i think pixpill and it is a a pixel art top down action adventure game that is heavily inspired by zelda uh with some of the more sort of like 16-bit heyday era graphics of like a god it's so hard it's like a secret of mana or final fantasy 6 like something in that it's extremely 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 inspired by mother 3 like 
yeah. uh, I, like shockingly inspired by Mother Three, um, and which is and the, to some the degree, sequel Earthbound. to Earth. Yes, the sequel yeah. to Earthbound. If you yeah, if you're not familiar with how all that works, and then it never actually came out in the states, correct? Right. Aside Mother- from fan translations, uh, that there are so many of at this point. Uh, Earthbound is like a a tonal. Jumping off point, I think, more than a mechanical one because it is not a turn-based RPG mm-hmm. except for the minigame where you play uh, a little arcade machine called Earthborn, which is explicitly a turn-based uh, RPG that is sort of <laughs> a very neat uh, and genuinely robust sort of diversion. Uh, yeah, through mini the game. game is like not even maybe the right word for it. It's just a, it's a full game. other RPG inside right. of this RPG. <laughs> And it's very, it's very cool. Um, I, I, I don't think uh, from a presentation standpoint, like there is much to knock this game on. Like it is g- genuinely, astonishingly beautiful all the time uh, with a soundtrack that is uh, going to be something I keep listening to in, in the coming years. Uh, I would put it on the level of like a Fez or uh, you know something something on that line. Thirty Valley, yeah, like yeah, something that is is going to be iconic. I will also say that mechanically, it has a lot going for it. You play as these two characters, John, who is this burly, silent protagonist, minor dude who uh, attacks things with a frying pan and uses bombs to blow stuff up. He's just this big burly force of destruction, and he travels around with a girl named Sam who has basically like magic that she can use to support John in combat or solve puzzles. Uh, She can't actually like hurt things, but she can stun enemies so that John, you can switch back to John and bang him over the head with a frying pan and get the blood and the coins to come out. Um, And there are puzzles that they use where, you know, sometimes you have to split these two characters up and, you know, freeze these plants uh, with Sam and then charge up a pan attack to knock a bomb like a golf shot into the plants to blow, like... It's very, the the exploration and dungeon stuff and boss fights, like, they're all phenomenal. I think the thing, the, the, the common complaint that I hear leveraged against the game, and this is where it takes inspiration from JRPGs, and I'm not necessarily sure it was the best idea, is in how it handles exposition and narrative, mm-hmm. and sort of, like, pacing, just in general, of your of your quest, because it is, it is, it is wildly overwritten. The, the, this game, like these these dungeons and all of the like gameplay segments, are so cool, and there's so many fun little diversions to do. But you will go literal hours between those, where you will be like running back and forth between points on opposite ends of a big city, talking to people every time you reach one of the ends for like a, a a an insufferable amount of time. Mm. And I love that shit. Like I am a I am a huge fan of JRPGs and you know that. But like it is overwritten and I think like under explained almost. So that like it's a cool mystery this world. You're trying to figure out like what is this apocalypse that has happened and why are why is this city uh, existing underground and uh, why does this girl have some sort of weird spiritual doppelganger that she like there's a lot of mystery but not a lot of like explanation that will give you a sort of foothold in that story. So it is just a lot of dialogue for characters who are very neat. And a world that is like gorgeous and you want to know more about, but you never really get 
as much out of it as you yeah. want. Mm. And so it, it, what you get is like, and I, I know this is like, I, I very reductive, but like there is an incredible, there's an incredible game of the year contender, 15 hour long video game inside of this, no joke, like 25, 30 hour long video game. Mm. Um, and that's heartbreaking because what is what is good in Eastward is so good. But like even me, who is a fan of the genre and a fan of all the games that they are sort of like taking so much inspiration from, it, I couldn't like I I couldn't finish it. It 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 got to be too too plotty for me. Um, yeah, it's yeah, unfortunately. The the big caveat that I would say for like listeners who are considering it, I think there are two types of people who would really enjoy it and probably enjoy it even more than we have. I mean, I will say, from what I understand, the game gets more enjoyable as it progresses. It just, you do have to it keep does, picking it. It does, it does, yes. Um, but I think people who, one, just have a good amount of time. If time is not the resource that you're worried about when you play video games, I, I think you will enjoy this. I think uh, what Griffin's talking about, about the mysteries and being underwritten, this is the sort of game that I think gets a really hardcore fan base because of those loose threads and because of people discussing the answers or what they think are the answers on forums or on social media. The other thing I would say is if you are really into the kind of tropes of RPGs, both like Western RPGs, JRPGs, action RPGs, this game is just constantly playing with expectations so the way that griffin described the relationship between john and sam i think is just something i hadn't really seen before in terms of having this you know support character who follows around this hulking just action machine murder murder yeah. machine yeah and then the in the game within the game i mean right away one of the characters that you get is it's a merchant i believe uh, like so you're, the, the characters who fill out your party are, they're just doing things that are unusual. And and like straight up, some of those things don't work really well, yeah. but they're mm. but they're really cool swings. And I think, I think that's the kind of trick with this game. Again, you, for a certain type of uh, video games person, I think for some games, we are these people. Even though it doesn't always work, just the, like the gumption of trying is so interesting that it it's worth the the investment. So I, I again I I agree. I don't necessarily think it's like a unanimous everybody should play this game, but I think if you are those types of people, I I do think it's it's worth a try because I mean like you said, Griffin, it's it's something special. It just it is. It's it, just yeah. a bit heavy. It's very cozy, like, and that's like a, a a an aesthetic that I like. People are absolutely craving. God knows I am. Like, that's my that is my uh, that's my shit. Yeah, I, I I will probably finish it one day, or at least I hope so. Um, and I mean, if if this studio continues to make things, like they're going to go on to make pretty incredible things. Um, oh, so yeah. like, I don't regret I don't regret the time I've put into it. It's just always heartbreaking when like. I feel like a game is on the verge of being something like truly, truly special and memorable and, uh, you know, a game that sticks with me, but has has stuff holding it back. Um, and I, I, I think that for me, at least that describes Eastward. Now let's talk about a real game <laughs> mm. for real gamers. OK. Beast Breaker. No, there's no fat on this one. There's no. Listen, here's what I can say about. Beast Breaker. 
There is no 15 to 10 hour game of the year contender locked away in this one. So that's a complaint you had that I don't have about Beast Breaker. Beast Breaker is, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Combat Peggle RPG. I'm got, I gotta go. I have to leave the show right now to begin playing begin playing Beast Breaker. <laughs> this one came to me hot from Rush Frustic, who, whatever the, the video game recommendation equivalent of a lover is, that's Rush <laughs> Frustic for me, because this guy has his finger on the pulse. He's one of the great, under. he's a Justin Whisperer, man. He knows exactly how to get my engines <laughs> revved. Beast Breaker is a game where you are a, like a little mouse with a sword, and you have to fight these giant crystalline beasts, um, or break them if you prefer, uh, by firing yourself at them and bouncing around them a bunch of times to shatter different parts of their armor. Um, so that, like, that's the the basic idea is that classic, extremely satisfying, like Arkanoid, you know, bouncing around very quickly and then destroying a bunch of stuff. Um, is sort of like the main satisfactory thing that happens. But like they have, it, it's sort of a meditation on all the different ways that that could, uh, that, that you could explore those mechanics. Mm-hmm. So like um, there are special spaces on the monsters where if you destroy it, then you get an extra turn. What you're up against is a rampage, which you have X number of terms to turns to uh, kill the thing, or it's going to rampage across the village and just kill everybody. So you've got to stop it before then. But there's ways to slow the rampage timer, like taunts, which you can execute by building energy through bouncing around enough times in an enemy. There's uh, You can shatter specific parts and kind of throw them off the rampage uh, and restart that timer. You can get gear... Uh, that you shatter off of different pieces that you have to like quickly collect with a special shot to like grab the gear. So you have it for the next fight. There are uh, special shots you can use, like you build energy by with attacks and then there are special shots that are tied to whatever gear you bring into the fight. And those shots can be like, um, like, like uh, if you dash through you normally you you, would just bounce off of one piece, but instead, if you're using the special shot, you'll dash through multiple pieces and attack them all basically. Or you can use a special attack that builds defense. Mm -hmm. And then if you get caught by a monster's attack, which is like, basically there's a red part of the screen that shows where they're going to attack. And if you are in that area at the end of your turn, then you are going to take damage. So it's also like making sure that you try to avoid that area While you are, um, it uh, it kind of reminds me of pool, uh, like billiards, insofar as mm. you are constantly thinking, okay, how am I going to like hit this angle properly to get this right attack? But you're also thinking, where am I going to be left up at the end of the turn, and is that a good place for me for the next round or not? Um, that's right. if you like thinking like multiple steps ahead. This is kind of a great game for that. Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's called Beast Breaker. I mean, that's I don't know if anybody else has any questions about it. But like that, you get the idea, man. If that sounds like something you would like, then you would like yeah. this. It is <laughs> and, and just from a design pedigree standpoint, it comes from uh, Asher Vollmer. Uh, it's from oh, his shit. studio, who made yeah. Threes and a number of other incredible games. So you kind of can get a sense of uh, where that. It's also pretty well written. I mean, like, like for what yeah. it is, like the the dialogue. Did you think yeah, so? I think it's like, well. like, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like it's not cringy or 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 too talky. Yeah, it doesn't get it a lot of games way. like this where you like. 
you're you're like when you've got such an addictive central mechanic, you want to just like get into it without a lot of chatter. And this definitely. Yeah, I, the art style for me doesn't it doesn't really click for me. It's a taste uh, thing. But um, I think gameplay wise and as you said, the writing both really, really strong. Cruising, yep. cruising the world. <laughs> yeah. Nobody stop him. Let him keep going. Cruising the world. Uh, hey, I'm gonna talk about Cruising hey. Blast. It's a great right. game. Sure. You ever play a game where you're like, okay, so I'm gonna walk you through the story of Cruising Blast. Cruising Blast is the sequel to the Cruising USA series. It's like the first one, in like a decade. Um, probably even longer if we forget that awful Wii cruising game. Much like um, the besties, it's been on a journey. <laughs> it's been on a mm-hmm. journey. Um, it was released in arcade like a few years ago because they still make arcade games. Twist. Right. Um, but here's, here's the story about it. I had not played it. I saw it in the Nintendo Switch Direct, I don't know, like a couple months ago. And I was like, there it is. There's my game of the year. And everybody was like... No, you're wrong. That looks awful. Um, the art style is too much. And I was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. And then we get an offer for a review code. And I'm like, everybody's going to take this, right? And everybody is like, no. And I'm like, oh, I, okay, I'll take it. I'm like, I'm going on a plane trip. I'll take this game. And then immediately I'm like, it is the game of the year. I, I text message Russ Frushtick, and he is skeptical would be a nice way of putting it. Made me feel like maybe I'm a real dumbo who has lost all taste in video games. So I played the entire game and I'm having the, you know, the time of my life. I'm like maybe maybe I've lost my edge. Maybe I don't know what good games are anymore. Um and you know what? This is then the I, longest I, this is the longest preamble to yeah. why this cruising game specifically to a cruising game, yeah. I'm, y'all, I did I, I didn't have therapy this month. That's what this podcast is for. <laughs> My point is, I went on a journey Tell me all your thoughts on cruising. <laughs> I went on a journey with it and this game, it rules. The only problem with it, and I think why I have to give this long explanation, is it's thirty nine ninety nine, which is a lot of money for a game that you can pretty much see the entirety of in, I don't know, like six hours. But, and also it looks like a Nintendo 64 game that got, like, adapted for the Xbox 360. There is so much bloom and, um, like, reflections that don't actually line up with anything in this game. It's absurd. I feel um, like, Plant, you're burying the lead, and the lead is there's fucking Yetis in it that chase okay. your cars around. <laughs> well, they don't chase your car. So there, there are, like, a few courses. You're driving all over the world, but they're absolutely absurd. Yes, there, there are Yetis, and Yetis is an understatement. I don't know what these are. They're like King Kong Yetis. They are so big, and every time you come across something that big in the game, you know that's only the start. So you see the Yetis, you're jumping off a cliff over the Yetis, you're now going down into the arms of the Yetis, and because it has to go further, the Yetis pound on the ground, opening a core to the middle of the earth, and there's a tropical world underneath. So now you're like somehow underneath ice in a tropical magic realm. That that is this game. There's there's a, a sequence where I think I posted this on Twitter where you are jumping over a, 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 I guess the Grand Canyon or something, and you're seeing a wasteland of hundreds of abandoned uh, like passenger planes. But then an earthquake happens, 
and rips a giant hole in the ground, and then you have to jump over that earthquake so you don't fall into the, you know, the gulfs of, I don't know, hell. And then you're like, oh, great, I made it. There's the finish line. And who's going to be here to welcome you? But like eight fighter jets, you know, letting loose, you know, colorful American flares. It's just, it's so much. There's basically no way to crash. No matter how hard you try, it doesn't let you slow down. You just keep going fast. It's great. It's so it, uh, my understanding so is you, you can earn boost by flipping your car. But like imagine Boss. like a 1950s like that style <laughs> car like from Greece. But you do a, a jump and then suddenly you're corkscrewing through the air to earn boost for no reason that has any basis in physics. But so that's I don't boss. think you actually get boost. I think it's purely style. You can drift oh, really? for boost. But no, even better than the uh, the car doing, you know, like a 1930s car doing uh, a flip. You can also be a triceratops or a helicopter. They also do flips and barrel rolls. Mm. Yeah, and that is good. That's More powerful. Just that's do good. That. I just do that. Just put I want to do a call out specifically to a video on YouTube by Digital Foundry. Oh my gosh. Now you might know that Digital Foundry obsesses a lot about, you know, pixels and ray tracing and stuff like that. They did a video specifically on Cruise and Blast and they absolutely loved it. And it was so heartwarming because I feel like these guys are like on the day of daily crushed about like people obsessing about the level of anti-aliasing and whatever. And they just had such a good time and I'm it just made me really happy for them. That they could just well, it, enjoy themselves. It made me appreciate the game even more because a lot of the points they're making is like, is this game somewhat ugly? Yes. <laughs> Are these intentional <laughs> choices? Absolutely. And like having them explain, it was like watching, you know, some uh, like a painter that is breaking all the rules, you know, and mm. then producing something that you, you look at and you're like, I don't know why I love it, but I do. They're like, yes, a lot of these choices are typically wrong but they work in the favor of this game that is like intentionally gaudy should an entire map should an entire map have reflections in it if you can't actually do the reflections right and they look hideous and pixelated probably not yeah but you know what it works (laughs) it's consistent Yeah, it's great. Uh, this, <laughs> sorry, one one last thing from that video. So the game is called Cruise and Blast. You get three, I think three, blast boost that just like shake the whole screen, you know, send you on a tear. It's like flipping the nitrous and Fast and the Furious. It is the core mechanic of the game. It's the name of the game. The one thing that causes frame rate slowdown in the game <laughs> is when you perform a blast. <laughs> it's amazing. That doesn't seem great. That seems not great. Yeah, that one seems like a neg- unlike a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned so far. That one does sound kind of like a negative. Yeah, I guess a little it's bit. bad. Hey, it's such a what good are you game. playing this on? It's on Switch. Nintendo Switch. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. The, so that is uh, some of our more recent finds, and then after this quick break, we're gonna get in the time machine. We're gonna go way, way back, all the way back to 2012. Jinko jeans were in the air. <laughs> President Obama was making another run at the White House. And the America's future never seemed brighter. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite games from our 200 episode history right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track 
especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Cool. So before we get into the uh, some of our picks from the last 200 episodes, I wanted to talk a little bit about something kind of exciting that we're doing. Um, you got to set it up like this. Blah, blah, blah. No. Special announcement. That was, uh, we're trying to encourage people to listen to this. Uh, I think I have a button. Huh? Hold on. Let me see if I have a Let button. Just, Justin has oh. buttons. Oh, good. We have a pretty exciting announcement. We've talked a little bit on our Twitter, the Besties Pod on Twitter, that um, during this very heated, uh, intense holiday season with a lot of games coming out, we will struggle to hit every game that we want to talk about on the main show, on on Besties, which means that we are going to be starting to do, Plant and I specifically, bi-weekly episodes of The Resties, which will uh, drop on Tuesdays. You will see a new episode in your feed 
that will just be more games, more recommendations, stuff we absolutely love that we do not have time to talk about on the main show, on on Besties. Now, I know what you're thinking, and I just want to make something really clear. The games are the resties, not Plant and Fresh Tick. The games are the resties. Yeah, but part of it is I think okay. it works on multiple levels. It doesn't, it, and I don't want that sort of energy. <laughs> right. It's a great show. For it's, we wanted to go with besties nights, but <laughs> these guys are cowards. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you. They couldn't bring the sexiness that a title like that would imply, I guess. Um, thank you, Justin. Yeah, no, uh, I'm very yeah. excited. Uh, I know Plant and I uh, have a lot of stuff that we are excited to jump into. Near so, Automata, yeah, Breath of the <laughs> Wild. <good. laughs> yeah, <laughs> the games that we always get angry whenever you talk about for 15 minutes. Pretty soon, I'm going to have my own spinoff show, too, that's just called 14sies, where I talk about Final Fantasy XIV by myself. <laughs> ah, another great point, yeah. Griffin. I am also excited <laughs> about the Reaper's class. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just wanted to set that up so you're not surprised. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Please listen through and, and uh, give us feedback if you have any thoughts on the show. Um, but, yeah, it should be dropping on Tuesday. Uh, all right, guys. So, oh, wait, did you say this going to be in this feed? And it's like, you don't even yeah, you do don't need to, to do anything whatsoever. I, it's worth noting, like we considered for a little bit doing like a subscriber only thing. We decided we didn't want to split the audience up. So uh, hopefully you enjoy more free content from us. Free. 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 No, it's not. Free, except for the sunk cost of listening. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys going to keep Dank nugs for yourselves. This is a fear that's just now occurring. No, like what if there's like something choice? Well, it should it should be noted. I feel like a lot of times we talk about games that we don't necessarily like on the main show because they're big games and we need to talk about them. That will mm. not happen on the rest of these. It will just be games that we actually find interesting or we like because there's no reason to talk about games we don't like on the sideshow. I, I'm going to spend probably like, you know, at least three hours talking about Tales of Arise. I would not do that to y'all on this feed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would like to. Ah, oh, damn it. We'll do ours off the air. We don't have to record every conversation we have, Chris. That's true. That's very true. We've been at this for a while, and we have this big spreadsheet with all of our great, great uh, gems on it that we've talked about over the years. Um, and looking at the spreadsheet, Hachimachi was this ever a journey. Oh, Going back I wanna, this. Can I specifically t- call out, I know we gave them some props early in the show, but like, I don't know the specific person who created this, but this spreadsheet came from the Besties subreddit. I do want to give them credit on that front. It's just the Besties on uh, Reddit. Yeah, this is so. This is an enormous amount of work. So thank you to uh, the person or persons who put this together because it's, it's incredible. I want to talk before we get into like our actual things that like we did anybody have any there were at least a few games on here looking back over the list of all the games that we've talked about where I had that I games that I brought <laughs> yeah that I suggested that I had absolutely no memory of existing the two that really jumped out to me and there is no way on earth that you guys remember BXX haunted <laughs> BXX Haunted. Haunted. I assume that's a bike racing game with ghosts. I know it's good because when I Googled it, the top result was an article I wrote <laughs> in <laughs> April of 2012. Uh, it is a, it was a 32 hour long nonlinear mystery 
from the creator of Carnival, sort of like a found footage thing, but it's 32 hours long and you can like jump through the footage at different places and like switch between cameras. One of those kinds of things. Wait, wait, but it's Um, a bike racing game. No, not BMX oh. Haunted. That would be <laughs> fucking good. That would be really cool. No, uh, BXX oh, okay. Haunted. And it was like a, a non-linear narrative that you unearthed by playing all these different, watching all these different Wait, things. you played a game for 30 hours and you don't remember any of it? I'm, I mean, Griffin's done Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> I don't see why I can't okay, do no, it. That's true. Never mind. BXX Haunted. It doesn't seem fair. I, I remember every moment I spent with that very special game. <laughs> uh were there any like weird weird ones that like jumped out to you all that you you hadn't recalled their existence like weird oh like not great ones that we are excited just to talk like about? oh my god i completely forgot that existed on blank check they joke about movies that like don't exist anymore because the, like no one like discusses them and and they're they're a lot of the games that we've talked about honestly a surprising number do not fall into this list like a shocking amount i like recalled pretty, pretty i don't easily. remember a game called ow my balls and apparently we just talked about that does that ring a bell ow my balls yes it, it, it ow my balls funny. <laughs> sounds episode funny, six though. of the besties uh march of 2012 i will say that i will say not not to ju- this is not a judgment of Ow My Balls. I'm sure that was a labor of love that a lot of work went into. But we give ourselves shit for our many format changes on this show. But we used to sometimes, well, we need a fourth game. Yeah. And would bring would would stoop down to an Ow My Balls, which meant <laughs> one of us had to vociferously, I would say, defend Ow My Balls just because they wanted to win the week, uh, which is not the best way of doing a video games book club podcast. True. But uh, uh, one other one that jumped, like I had absolutely no memory of, Marlo Briggs and the Mask of mm. Death. Ooh, that sounds like a cool, that sounds like a Justin game. It does. Uh, yeah, it was like a, this is also pretty early on. It was a uh, sort of like God of War style Google it because it was oh it was Zoot Fly. Remember Zoot Fly who was supposed to do a um uh Ghostbusters game for the longest time and it never it never uh came together. But Zoot Fly did this third person action adventure and it was like a very self-aware, almost like meta level um uh game from 2013 that was on uh Xbox 360 and Microsoft Windows. Kind of reminded me of you guys remember Matt Hazard? Yeah. Matt Hazard, the oh, action yeah. game about being an Parody. action game, but somehow got yeah. a sequel at, at one point. Uh, anyway, those are a couple that jumped out at me, but those were not my like favorite hidden gems. Where like I don't even know if you could go back and play Barlow Briggs right now if you want to. Maybe. <laughs> Ow, my balls just Maybe got a release. It's uh, HD now. Oh, so excellent. Okay. You can really see the balls <laughs> now in, in this new version. Uh, who wants to start? Um, I will start. Fittingly, because this is a pick from a our very first episode of The Besties. And the pick is Tales from Space, Mutant Bob's Attack. Whoa. Um, is this a Vita whole, game? This was a Vita game, correct? It originally came out on Vita. Um, this is a game that's made that was made by Drinkbox Studios, a company that still makes games today, still makes great games today, um, most known yeah. for the Guacamelee series. And they've got a new game coming out that I'm blanking on the name of, but keep an eye out for that. But Tales from Space, Mutant Bob's Attack, um, you basically played as a um, alien who starts out as like a microscopic speck, basically. And as you progress through levels, 
you just get bigger and bigger and bigger through absorbing different objects in the world. Now, I know you might feel a sound, I'm, you might think that sounds a lot like Katamari Damacy. It's not because A, it's 2D, it's like a side-scrolling game. And B, it uses stuff like fluid dynamics and like puzzle solving. It's not just about rolling a dumb ball around and sucking up the Eiffel Tower. Super wow, that sick was game. A hate, that was a hateful and venomous <laughs> way of referring to Katamari Damacy. Well, you know, shoe fits. Uh, wow. Mute Attack, I absolutely wow. love. Wow. Um, and, and what's really cool about this game is uh, you can play it now very easily. It's on Steam. Um, I think it's like 10 bucks. Uh, but just terrific. It is cool that you can play it. That's one of the things that is Well, cool I feel like there might be some picks in here that are Unlike like, Marlo Briggs, right. which I actually, <laughs> update, quick yeah. update, five bucks on Steam, baby. <laughs> Go get that Mask of Death for yourself. Nice. Go enjoy. It's got talking. That, do you remember when we used to do sub awards for every no. game? It won best talking mask. <laughs> we gave, we gave that's the award that we gave. Uh, good for Marlo. Uh, yeah, the other thing I would just call out for Mutant Blobs, it does not over its overstay its welcome. It's like a six hour thing. It like kind of nails everything it's trying to do. I just absolutely adore it. Uh, highly recommend it if you've never played it. Um, yeah. So that's it. Uh, I could I could do mine. Because uh, mine is a very cool game that I had really forgotten about until I saw uh, saw it on this list and remembered how just how cool it was. Uh, it's a game called Antichamber, which oh, is a yeah. it, it is an yeah. indie like three D first person puzzle platformer thing, sort of in the milieu of of a of a portal, but way more sort of abstract than that. Uh, basically, you have a gun. Uh, sort of like you have a gun in Portal, only this one does different shit. It can suck up different colored blocks and shoot them out. You can uh, find different upgrades for it that allow it to do different things. But all of the puzzles in Antechamber are, first of all, non-linear. It is not like Portal where you're going from, you know, one one test chamber to the next. You are exploring this enormous... Uh, non-Euclidean facility where uh, the, the puzzles are tracked in this like huge screen in the main hub that you can then jump between at will. Uh, and all of the puzzles are based around impossible objects, um, which is, again, a, a purposefully, I think, a difficult thing to kind of like describe visually. Um, I mean, it's MC Escher, basically, if you, if you know. It is MC, MC Escher-esque, right? So there are uh, that that great thing that you get in puzzle games that deal with, like, illusions and stuff like this sometimes where, like, uh, you can walk through this wall if you are not looking at it, right? Like, if you're not looking at it and mm -hmm. it's not sort of temporally locked in place, then you can walk backwards through it. Um, every single puzzle in Antechamber, and there's a lot of them, Deal, deals with some variation on that. Uh, and that that sort of like lateral thinking is not something I have seen in a puzzle game since, where like each individual puzzle is, is tailored to that very specific puzzle. It's not like Portal where it's like, oh, I figured out how to use the Portal gun to build momentum and do big long jumps. So now I'm going to use that to get through the next few puzzles, which is great. I love Portal. Uh, but in Antechamber, like, every puzzle, I feel like, is its own thing, uh, and they connect to each other in very, very strange ways, 
Uh, and it was a game that I just feverishly played through. It was a game that I dreamt about between sessions because you have to spin your wheels so much to make progress in it. Yeah, um, I remember... A very, very, very cool game from uh, a developer named Alexander Bruce, uh, who I have not actually kept up with, so, but I... Yeah, Alexander Bruce... Uh, I really enjoyed running into him at GDC around the time that this came out. He would literally just kind of sit in the corner and chill and seem I had the same yeah, same disconnected experience. from the yeah. rest of it and then has not released anything since this game from what I can tell did very 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 well. Um yeah. so I'm sure he's comfortable but I I kind of admire an indie game developer who like had a mega hit does maybe does not have to make a game ever again can just be chill and quiet it is amazingly not saying uh, wild, awful things on Twitter. It's a bold <laughs> idea. Um, maybe, maybe one of my favorite like demos I've ever had at like oh, a, yeah. uh, an expo. Like this is what you when when you are going to these kinds of shows as a, a member of the press. Like it's the dream scenario of just like somebody who's like, yeah, sit down, check this game out. And then he didn't help me fucking at all. <laughs> he was like, oh yeah, that is weird, huh? And I was like, "You, I, I want to know. I want to say it was uh, it, just to to be able to sit back and just say like, yeah, play my play my game, figure it out. It's very, very, very difficult. That shows a level of confidence in a game that you very rarely see. I feel like uh, a great, really great game. I feel like is and is also the kind of game that probably a lot of people haven't haven't checked out. So yeah, clear clear your schedule, clear your dream schedule, and play Antichamber. It's uh, it's I mean, it's definitely on Steam and it's phenomenal." Uh, my game is something that I bet everybody who listened to this show from the beginning has played, but I doubt many newer listeners have tried, which is a game called Tiny Wings. Do y'all remember this? <laughs> oh my yeah, God. of course yeah. I remember Tiny Wings. I yeah. still play it on Apple TV sometimes. It's so good. <laughs> Tiny Wings, very simple. You are a bird and you go, it is not Flappy Bird. You are a bird and you you can't really fly. You kind of have to like dive bomb into the, the descending arc of a hill and then shoot up the ramp of the next hill to get back into the air. And the, the goal is to like time this so that you have these kind of natural arcs and it's very smooth and fast and that you are avoiding uh, the change from, from daylight into night. You're, you're running from the, the running the from time. Yeah. You're running from time. Um, it, the game itself is a delight. It just feels good. But the reason I'm bringing it is the, the music, the music for this game is it is one of the most relaxing songs, video game or not, that I've ever heard. I could just listen to this app open for days on end, and it would bring me a level of peace that I am rarely afforded. It is so good. I don't know if we... Are we able to splice in? Do you think that... If we are, there would be music right about here. the best right 
Yeah, that's if a- I could touch on this too, why this one is like Tiny Wings is from a time that was very early in the life of Polygon. And it was also a time where like a lot of us were spending a lot of times like being in one room together or like being in an event together or whatever. And like this is a game it was you don't really have these like there's this great streak of iOS games for a while where like everyone really cared about it. Like everyone really cared about your score. Everyone really cared about how well you did that. Like people paid attention to the leaderboards in a way that like they definitely do not anymore uh, for, for hardly anything. I mean, to a point where like I did a song called the million point man that was just about my return to playing tiny wings competitively. <laughs> Like I had eschewed it for a while and then I came back to like try to get it going again. Um that that was how uh how much I cared about um Yeah, one and, and when you I, say cared about it too, like there just weren't that many games being released compared right. to today, right? Like games like this mobile or not it, it wasn't like how it is now with you know steam uh, i'm really going into old man territory here but you know you didn't have steam getting a dozen releases every single day um and having something that felt like very small and precious and like just very very beautiful um from the art to the gameplay to the song like it it, it felt kind of like a, a little bit of magic and mm-hmm. that still happens today those games exist um honestly there's probably just more of them now than there has ever been um but then it felt like i don't know it was like a solve uh in a, a kind of game space that didn't have anything quite like it so real quick i just want to share i just found this You get the idea. I wanted to, there was so many great ones that I could have recommended, but I was trying to strike a balance between like very good and you might have missed it. And also did something that hasn't been improved on in, in a, in a major way, because there's a lot of games that like where they sort of laid the groundwork and we celebrated them because I feel like we've always been champions of innovation, if nothing else here on the besties. Um, but that game is jazz punk. Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah. So jazz punk is when you very easily could have missed is pretty early in the besties history. Um, but you can still play it right now. You go get it on steam. It is a, uh, a absurdist in a way that like a lot of games say they're like absurdist, but what they really mean is they're kind of like Rick and Morty. This is like actually genuinely like mechanically absurdist where you are, it is a cold war (laughs) themed uh, first person game with pretty simplistic graphics. Kind of looks like a, um, a blendo game, right? Uh, Like quadrilateral cowboy or, or, or stuff like that. Um, but you don't have a great idea of what exactly it is you're supposed to be doing, like on a micro level. Uh, you know you're supposed to infiltrate a consulate uh, on a macro level, but be- on the micro level, you don't actually have a great like sense of what you're supposed to be doing. And this game really rewards uh, just kind of messing around with it and seeing what happens. Like 
while you're trying to get into this consulate, you can like wander down an alley and there's a pizza box. And then when you open the pizza box, there is a screen that starts booting up and the pizza is a keyboard. Like there's keys on the pizza where each key is a pizza slice. And then you're sucked into that, that game and you're playing a game called like brain pizza and you're suddenly in a different first person game where you're in a world made of pizza and you're being chased by pizza zombies. And in one hand you have uh, like a uh, paddle and then the other hand, like a pizza cutter. And you're trying to get to a pizza cabin, which looks like a pizza <laughs> hut in the middle of the woods. And that's just like some random thing that you found lying around. None of it is in service of anything. Like it's like none of it's like and then you get you don't like do that and then like get a special point or something right. or like an unlockable thing or whatever. It's just some weird thing that you were spending your time with. And like weird indicators pop up like. You're the 1,032nd person to inspect this pile of trash, and there's nothing there. It's just sort of like, I don't know. It's it's uh, a very specific thing that is – it's very funny because it is using mechanics as a joke. Like a lot of video games try to be funny through writing, but they're not mechanically funny. And jazz punk is mechanically funny. Like – Yeah. I'll give you another great – like another great gag. You go to a payphone, and when you're looking at the payphone – this bizarre like cardboard cutout of a human hand with a pointer finger pops up and you're like, Oh my God, is that what my hand looks like? That's ghoulish. And you can input a number. And then when you pull away from this, this interaction, you see a cardboard hand on a stick (laughs) fall to the ground. Like that, like that is what you were apparently using. Like you have no idea. And it is using mechanics as as a joke in in service of of the yeah comedy. It, it does like video game meta comedy without being about video games like mm-hmm. without just telling you what the joke is that that the the achievement thing that you you mentioned Justin I think is the perfect example where I think a lesser game would be like achievement unlocked you got achievements for doing nothing and yeah. this game it. The hand is another great example of like it lets you, it trusts you to know enough about video games that you will get the joke that you will get. Like this is yeah. not like other video games. Also, uh, this is a game that I, I liked when it came out. I love a lot more now. I think back when I uh, we started doing the show, I, I, I don't know. I liked the traditional structure. I liked feeling smart about knowing how a game works and how it should work. And I, I think mm-hmm. now going back to games like this, I realize like, yeah, it doesn't have much structure at all. And it's not necessarily saying something, but that's kind of the point, And that's cool in its own way. Yeah. Uh, wow. We've talked about a lot of video games today. So many video yeah. games. Oh, gosh. I feel bad for anybody who has to recap. <laughs> yeah, that. Chris. Um, re- real quick, I-, I just want to share some reader mail because we had some other good uh, hidden gems of of recent days. I believe this is from Nolan. The I'm guessing Nolan. The O is a frog symbol. Uh, have you guys played Sakura uh, Sakuna of Rice and Ruin? You play as a Japanese harvest god fighting demons at night and growing rice in the day to protect yourself and your found family. One of the more unique blends of farming and fighting. Uh, I played that a little bit. It's on Switch, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I played it a little bit. It didn't. I didn't stick with it though. Um, it's a very, very gorgeous looking game, though. 
Yeah, that's not, I, I kind of forgot about it. Now I, I want to go back to it when things are a little less busy. Uh, this one's yeah. from Sean. I feel like it just hit critical mass this summer, but Walkabout Mini Golf for the Quest 2 is an absolute delight. It has just enough fun, hilarious features to make it a 10 out of 10 evening hangout with a few friends. I need to dig out my Quest 2 because yeah. it seems like there's like so much good stuff on it. Well, and they just announced the Resident Evil 4, the VR game that we've been waiting for to finally decide which is the best Resident Evil game ever, is coming out October 21st, I think. God birthday. Soon. Can't wait. That's awesome. So, I am so excited for that. Uh, and That's right. There's plenty more besties to come. Don't worry, <laughs> yeah. friends. This isn't a beginning. <laughs> this, this isn't an end. This one's it's a beginning. One last one from Cameron. Uh, the Steam release of Cookie Clicker has been a great time. The game dominated my high school when it was at its peak and truly molded my high school experience. So it's nice to be able to experience a proper standalone version. Also, WarioWare is the best gacha game I've ever played. Uh, Justin, you're a big Man, cookie I clicker guy, right? I love cooking. I've played through that game so many different times. I can't. You, it's hard because it's so early mm. in the genre, and yet it'll, in many ways it has not been uh, superseded. In terms of just like the satisfaction of the numbers going up exponentially, it's just like it's hard to beat Cookie Clicker. And then it gets into like weird shit where like you're making dark packs with grandmas <laughs> that are turning demonic and. It's amazing. It's it's one of the first games that understood the absurdity of that genre and really like mm-hmm. leaned into it. Um, I love Cookie Clicker. Um, I do want to thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties: uh, Holy Jolie, uh, Sir Noxus, Floyd One Two One Two Three, Chef Cook Twenty Fourteen, and my wife. I'm not even gonna like try to do the voice, but you know what they were going for. Please, Please. Come, on, come on, Ross. I've been so good. My wife. <laughs> Thank Good you. Good job, Russ. Gosh, the second time you really, you really put some stink on it. Nailed yeah, it. Good. Um, uh, are you ready? Are you ready for? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to miss some stuff. I'm not going to hit like every little game we mentioned. I'm going to talk about the stuff that we actually got into. Uh, okay. We talked about uh, Toem, which sounds like Poem. It's a photograph game. Talked about Eastward, which is a action RPG with gorgeous art, somewhat inspired by like Zelda and uh, Mother 3. Justin uh, brought Beast Breaker, which is a Peggle RPG. Is that fair? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I brought Cruisin' Blast because it's a blast to return to the Cruisin' franchise after all these years. <laughs> uh, we also talked about uh, Griffin had Antichamber as one of our classic hidden gems. Uh, that is the like kind of portal-esque puzzle game. Uh, Fresh brought Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack which is a 2D uh, Katamari fluid physics platformer game. I brought Tiny Wings. Uh, It's got a great song. And Justin brought Jazz Punk, uh, which is indescribable first-person absurdism, and I I strongly recommend it. It's on Steam. There's DLC, too, by the way, that came out three years after the original game. Oh, yeah. And then we talked about a bunch of, like, other little small things. We didn't do honorable mentions, so this is where I'm going to say, hey, everybody, you got to try that Tales of Arise. You got to try it. And the Outer Wilds DLC, there are too many games out right now. Oh, is that DLC out now? Griffin. Griffin. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Griffin, after the podcast, I don't want you to look at any other screens. I need you to play this. I will tell you how to get to the DLC because that's a little tricky. It takes about 10 minutes. Okay. This DLC. Uh, don't ever change that game. Boy, so <laughs> no, fun. This, this, Everybody got everything out of that this one. This DLC 
is is it is going to be in our game of the year conversation. It is. Yeah, it comes with a physical pocket watch that you have to rewind and then hide Oops, in a shoebox and leave in your backyard. Justin, I think you would actually like this DLC, but I can't explain why without spoiling it. But yeah, don't say I, I, what I told Correct. Fresh was uh, people's concerns about nausea. People's concerns about it being too obtuse. I don't think you'll have those problems with the DLC. And you can play the DLC without playing the rest of the game. Because mm. it's Frog Fractions oh, 4. Plus. Yeah. It's Frog Fractions 4. Okay, <laughs> that's it. I did it. Next week on the Main Besties show, we are going to be talking about Super Monkey. Don't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. Don't, you don't know. Well, I, I, again, <laughs> I wanted the to, it's the Besties. Next week on the Besties. <laughs> I wanted to, people to not be, again, surprised when there was an episode in between this and the other one. But I don't know how a, a good way to convey that. So just Next don't be week surprised. on The Good Show. <laughs> the main theme. Uh, we're talking about Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which is a game I've been very excited about for quite some time. I want to see those DLC characters. I want to know who's in it. Apart from Hello Kitty, I want to know. So we're going to be talking about it. We, we might also talk about some of these. Other, there's there's a lot of games out. So don't be surprised yeah. if we throw in a few other things. Super there. Monkey Ball. Wait, do I have to play this? <laughs> We're we talking about Super Monkey Ball. Oh, God. Oh, man. I don't want to. Oh, I got diarrhea next week. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say a quick thank you to Rachel for yes. editing this podcast. Third is. That, that's going to do it for the besties. Be sure to join us again next time because should the world's best friends pick the world's best game For 200 episodes. Steve.